0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. We're so glad you decided to join us. My name is Alex Barrett. I'm the lead pastor, and we are on week two of our series called Decades. Uh, We're looking at how each decade of our life is a chapter uh, where we can focus and make the most of that unique and particular season. Uh, Last week, we kicked off the series looking at our 20s. And the idea of this series is if you're in that decade, of course, these are things that can help you in the moment, but if you're not, if you're before a particular decade or you're after by a little or a lot, you can still take these principles and apply them to your life. And so this idea of this series is how do we make the most of things that you really need to focus on to have a blessed and successful life? And in each season, again, there's unique challenges and opportunities, things that we can focus on, things that we want to make sure we get into our life so that later, as we face new challenges, as new opportunities come, we can actually make the most of these. And so last week, we looked at the importance of training, uh, getting advice, uh, growing our understanding. So again, as challenges increase, we have kind of this, this wealth of information. We've got counsel that people have poured into us. So that we actually know how to face different facets of decisions, different challenges that come. Today we're going to turn the corner from our 20s to focus on what do we do in our 30s? And the key is building. And today we're talking about building carefully. Last week was laying the foundation. You lay the foundation of training and learning, understanding, advice. And now we take those things and we begin to actually build something. And the image that you saw for this series there is a picture of kind of multifaceted things. And today's focus is this idea of actually putting some things together, building things on the foundation that has been laid. Now, as you grow in age, you begin to to look back at your life differently than when you're younger. Uh, You get a little bit more nostalgic. You, You start to look back at life and you begin thinking how time goes by so quickly. I wanna share a song with you that's from Luke Bryan, a country singer, full disclosure. I am not like your country uh, singer cheerleader. I usually don't listen to country. But many times, uh, country music has really good messages, just like any genre. There's some good and there's some bad. But this song is called uh, Fast, and Luke Bryan is talking about how life kind of comes at you fast the older that you get. So let's listen to this together, and I wanna just talk about it briefly. kind of car you want to drive when you're 16 fast that's the kind of boys that you want on your home team fast yeah you think you're gonna catch your big dreams just like that fast and here you are looking back 60 seconds now feels more like 30 TikTok won't stop and round it goes Stand through the glass, your balls in a hurry And all you keep trying to do is slow it down So get in, keep trying to make the good times last As long as you can, but you can't Man, it just goes too fast so I don't know if you caught uh, just the lyrics there. They were up on the screen for you. But here's some things. And here you are looking back. 60 seconds now feels more like 30. Tick tock won't stop. Around it goes. And that's how time feels. And it's easily, you know, you go from a month to the year and then the years stack up. And it's so easy. Like you have a decade. But there's something about when you get into your 30s that you begin to realize like, wow, time is really going by so quickly it goes by fast, just like the singer said. And so as we're talking about building, there's something to be said about making the most of this decade, making the most of of that season. Now, when we talk about building carefully, the thing about building in your 30s that's very interesting is that it's not like you're just focusing on building one thing. You can't just focus on building your career. You need to focus on building your career. You need to be diligent. You need to be uh, taking on more and more responsibility and being faithful. But at the same time, you're also building your, your family. Most of the time in our 30s, you begin to start having kids, your kids begin to get older, and you're you're building out your family. Uh, if you're married, you're focusing on how do we build our marriage to really continue to love and support each other so that we're a team, that we're a unified unit that, that God can use. And then if you're involved in Ridgeview, we're building this church and you may get more responsibility for ministry and you're building a particular ministry. certainly you begin to make more money in your 30s, hopefully, and you're starting to figure out how do I build wealth? And you start to look ahead. What does retirement look like? How do I make sure uh, we're going to be taken care of? My kids are going to be taken care of those types of things you begin to need to look at in your 30s so that you have something again, that will last the test of time. So what's particular uh, interesting about this season in the 30s is that as you're building carefully, again, you're building all of this at once and it's hard work. When I talk about building, it's not just something simple. These are complex issues. When you build your family, you're dealing with individual people and uh, differences. And how do we do that together and still love each other and still want to be under one roof? And it's the same with work. You have multiple challenges, coworkers, situations, bosses, timelines. And how do you build a career in a way that really does honor God? So I want to start with this idea of building, and here is really the promise and the good news. As we talk about building, we cannot build alone. We can't build the type of life that God wants without God. So the good news is, as we talk about building, God actually comes alongside us, and He builds. And so here's this promise that we have, and it's this. If we build with the Lord, if we build with God, our work will not be wasted. Now that is some good news. If we build with God, not independent from Him, not doing our own thing, trying to be our own own foreman or contractor, but if we build with the Lord, our work will not be wasted. I want to start off this morning by actually talking from a scripture found in Psalm one twenty seven, and this was written by Solomon, who himself built a great kingdom. He was the wisest man that ever lived. He had resources that no one had ever had. God had granted him wisdom and he used this wisdom to really be successful. And so everything was really at his disposal and he built a kingdom and he had influence that no one had had ever before him. And so he knew what it was like to build something. He knew what it was like to take something complex and and build it out. He built past palaces and he built the ultimate God's temple. And he was a part of that. And so he knew exactly what it meant to take these pieces and create something that lasted. And God gave him extraordinary wisdom. And in Psalm 127, he captures kind of some perspective on building that I think is helpful for us as we think about building in our life, whether we're in our thirties or even as we're later in life or before we're thinking about what are the type of things that I need to build. So let me read this Psalm and then I'm going to talk about it. The title is, Unless the Lord Builds the House, Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. In then verse three, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Now, you begin the, the, the psalm talking about actually building something like, again, what we've, we've talked about, and it's not in vain if you, you build with the Lord. Then the second kind of part of this, this whole psalm is the building of the family, And the idea of building is always, as we are building, how do we actually build something that lasts? Uh, For me, as the pastor of Ridgeview, what I'm wanting to build in our church is something that goes beyond uh, my lifetime. If God willed it, I'd love for this church to bless people for a hundred years. Like, what would that take to build something to impact generations? And that should be the same with our life. How do we live and how do we build something that will make an impact For generations, for our kids, for their kids, and for their kids, and on. And that's this idea. Like, when we build with the Lord, there's this generational impact. There's something that God does with His power and with His will that can last and be way beyond what we could ever imagine. And that's the good news. And so I want to focus on the first two verses to go back there. And verse 1 says this, "...unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain." Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Uh, First, there's at least three main assumptions from just that, that first verse. The first is this. Everything we have is from the Lord. Uh, There's a myth that we are kind of like self-made people. Like we have done whatever we needed to get uh, where we are. Uh, But when you're in your thirties, you realize that there's actually a lot that you need and a lot that you have that's just blessing. It's a blessing from people. And ultimately, because God created us, it's a blessing from God. We all are where we are because of things that are good and then some things that are bad. But ultimately, God is the giver of our life. He's the one that holds really our breath in his hands. He's the giver of of everything that we have. And so when you're talking about building, there's something that we have to just always remember that we we need to depend uh, on him. Practically. You just thank him in the morning when you wake up that God gave you breath again. So there's this idea, like, as I'm building God, you are the one who gave me the strength. You're the one who gives me the resources. You give me the skills. You've wired me how I am. And there's maybe some things that I'd like to see differently or be differently in my life, but I thank you so much for the life that you've given me. And every day we can acknowledge that. So that's the first thing. He is the one who, who gives it all. Everything we have is from him. Uh, the second assumption from this first verse is that uh, he's really the superintendent and we are uh, the laborers. So there's this idea like God works with us, but he's actually working kind of as this overseer. He's given us, again, the strength. He's given us what we need to build. And he's the superintendent. He's making sure that we are building in a way that, that honors him. And so he works with those who work with him he doesn't want us to kind of go rogue and build our own kingdom. He wants to bring us in and be a part of his kingdom. And he, he supervises and, and oversees that. And that is the third assumption, that God is the ultimate watchman. That means that he really is seeing what happens. Nothing escapes his view, which means he's in control. He actually knows what's going on. He's, he's not absent-minded. He's not left kind of in the dark. He sees And he's going to do what's just. He's going to do what's right. And that as well is good news because there's times when we're building where we just wish something would happen and it doesn't. We could feel so ripped off. God, why is this happening? Why is not my family where I wanted them to be? Why is my career, it feels like it's stalling and why do I feel like I keep trying to build and things unravel and fall apart? Well, well God sees he's going to take care of you as you follow him. And as you build a life that pleases him, as the superintendent, the one who's given it all to you, he's going to make sure that you're taken care of. So that's that first idea. As we build, he will take care of us. Now, let's look at verse 2. It says this, It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Now, in verse 1 and verse 2, one word keeps showing up again and again, and it's the word vain. Now, vain uh, means it's empty, it's deceitful. It's like a false vision. If you've ever been driving, maybe as you've ever driven kind of across the United States, and you're in those parts in Arizona or New Mexico, and you look down the freeway, and you see like what water looks like at the end. That's what they call a mirage. Like there's no water there. But as you're driving, you see this straight road. It's just like there's, there's water at the end of it. Well, vain is that idea. Like you see something that's not there and what Solomon is saying is anytime you think that you can build something substantial without God, you are looking at an empty, false vision. You're looking at this structure or this building that appears like this is what I'm gonna get to. And you, you never will. Uh, recently, I just saw some pictures of the ultimate uh, card stacker. And uh, there's a man that's really made a career out of stacking cards, and many times when we build without God, uh, it's just like stacking cards. Like the structure can look nice, but you can't actually build on it. Here's a couple pictures of him building this, this cityscape. And you see, look at, I mean, look at those those things that he put together. I mean, it's amazing. But would you want to live there? When a storm came, would you want to kind of be under the roof of a stack of cards? I wouldn't. And that's what the scripture's saying. It may look nice, but if we build without... The Lord's help. If we build on our own, doing our own thing, on our own terms, with our own timing, it's like living in this stack of cards. It's vain. It's empty. It's false. There's a false sense of security. And so when we talk about building, if you build with the Lord, you're going to have something to show for your life. And there's a danger as well to this. And here it is. Danger. Overlooking what matters most while building. Now, it's very easy when you're building, you get tired, you maybe get frustrated. Um, I've built so many things for my kids, for gifts, uh, for birthdays, for different things. And I got the instructions and I begin to build and oh my goodness, I just want to throw the whole instruction booklet. I want to take this thing back because I can't figure it out. It's complex. Well, when you're talking about building a life, it's way more complex than anything you have to put together like for a gift. It, It's so difficult. It takes time. It's frustrating. It's easy uh, to give up. And so I just want to talk a little bit about some of the dangers. Uh, The first is it's really easy when you're building to become uh, fear-driven, not faith-driven. And these are when the what-ifs come in life. So uh, what-ifs can can, can paralyze us. What if our, our kids rebel and our family falls apart? When you start to wonder that when you're starting your family, usually that doesn't help you engage. The fear kind of causes you to actually, you know, step out, check out because you can't control the what ifs. So there's something in us that if we think something's going to fall apart, why would we ever start? Do you have that experience? I have so many times in my life. It's like, is this going to be worth it? Some other what ifs. Uh, What if I get really sick? What then? Who's going to take care of me? Who's going to take care of all I have to take care of? Uh, What if... I lose my job. If I'm going to lose this job, why would I build? Because I'm going to have nothing to show for it. What if I can't resolve this conflict? Or what if I'm going to have a conflict? And you begin to realize like these what ifs maybe drive wedges in relationships where you just kind of protect yourself because you don't want to get hurt or you don't want to invest and have nothing to show for it. What if crucial project that I've worked on falls apart? Everyone knows that my name was all over this thing. What about my reputation? Again, it's hard to build if we think our reputation is going to be tarnished by something that maybe we made a mistake or somebody had an impact on. What if I'm stuck and I can't ever get a better job? These what ifs are all based on the future that we don't know. And anytime you're trying to build with the future in mind, you end up paralyzed. So that drives fear and fear really prevents us from the faith that it takes to build the life that Solomon's described to build the life that, that God has called us to. Another thing that happens when we build is it's easy, and this is another danger, it's easy to turn to pride. I don't know if you've ever read the, scripture, the scriptures and, and, and you, you read a command from God and it just seems like that just doesn't seem like that could work or that doesn't seem right because maybe you have your own experiences, maybe you have re- what you're going to have to do to change and these boundaries seem restrictive. In our pride, many times we could think, you know what, I know God says this blueprint to build this kind of life, but it seems so much easier if there are times when I kind of need to lie and cheat. You know, God says that that we need to be honest, we need to be forthright. But it seems like that's hard to build a life because sometimes you're honest and it can cost you. And so in our pride, oftentimes we could think, you know what, I'll get to that sometime, God. I'll get to that principle. I'll come follow that command. But right now, I've got to do this in my, my way. And that's when we begin to stack cards. Those shortcuts in our pride, thinking that we know better. We're just going to build something that's going to crumble down the road. Another danger is just being unfaithful. And these can all be connected. But just the unfaithful is like, you know, there's so much I have going on in my life. I just need to cut this corner. And it's easy to check out, like when your work is building and you're so focused on it, it's easy to stop building your family. And there's times where you are so focused on building your family that you're not building your work. And so again, building carefully means we're building the things at the same time. And we can do it. We can do it because God is the one who builds with us. Remember, he's the giver of all. He's the superintendent. He's the watchman. He's alongside us, helping us right in the moment. And so I want to encourage you, what are the things that you just need to be careful of right now in your life as you're building? And maybe you've already built a lot of your life, but you're, you still have different aspects that you're adding on to, or maybe reinforcing. So what do you need to watch out? Are, are there some fears that you're currently running in your life, the what ifs? Is there some pride that's kind of creeped in where you want to do things your way? Or are you just kind of being a little maybe slack-handed or lazy or unfaithful with responsibilities because you're just feeling the pressure? Just ask God to show you right now what are some maybe some of those dangers that you need to watch out for. I want to turn the corner. We've talked about how God is the one that builds with us and he helps us in the moment. We've talked a little bit about the dangers, but I want to talk about some more perspective and it's really the right framework. We're talking about building. Well, Let's talk about this kind of framework for building. And it's this, we should expect to battle as we build. I've already talked about the complexity of building, you know, all the things at once. But really the helpful perspective for me in my own life is realizing that as I build, this is really a battle. This is something that I have to fight for, to be careful in, to really give my diligence, my attention to And there's a helpful uh, book in the scriptures, the book of Nehemiah, which is really about building. And it's about Nehemiah's life. And if you've never read uh, the book of Nehemiah, that's actually a a next step that you can take today. So one of your next steps is read Nehemiah. And uh, it's really helpful. It's got very helpful perspective. And it's not that long of a book. You could actually get through it in a week and get some helpful insights. But uh, in this book, uh, he has this kind of warfare mentality of building, And check out this scripture in Nehemiah 4.17. It says, Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. I love that imagery. They're, they're working on, on building this, this wall and they have enemies all around them. And they are trying to build to protect the people of God. They're also building to do what God has told them to do. God told them you need to build and you need to do it well and you need to do it skillfully. So they had the right tools, but notice in one hand they had the tool to build and in the other they had the weapon to fight. Now in our life, most of the time as we're building, we don't have enemies like this literally coming against us, but we do have the enemies that I've talked about, the enemy of pride, of unfaithfulness, the enemy of cutting corners, the enemy of, of fear. All those things we need to fight against with the truth of God, that He is with us, He's gonna take care of us, He's gonna be our strength, He's gonna be our shelter, He's gonna be our refuge in times of trouble. And so Nehemiah had this picture. We're gonna build with one hand with this tool, and then we're gonna have this weapon in the other. And we're gonna give our work. But at the same time, we're we're gonna look around for the different dangers that we have. Because we want to build in a way. That pleases God. There's an old English preacher that I have enjoyed reading uh, his devotional, devotionals, and his name is Charles Spurgeon, and uh, he wrote uh, many commentaries on the scriptures, devotionals, books. Uh, he preached probably more sermons than most people ever have in their lifetime. And he had this quote that I think is helpful. He says, "We build our lives on a battlefield instead of the quiet meadow we would prefer." I don't know about you, I would love to build on a quiet meadow. Just those two words, quiet meadow. Doesn't that sound so peaceful? But What Spurgeon is saying is, is when you're building, you're building on a battlefield where at any moment things can unravel. Your expectations, your disappointments, discouragement, they can get the better of you. But when you realize that you're building on a battlefield, not a meadow, it actually kind of helps you set up. Like, okay, yeah, that's right, I need the tool to build, and then the weapon to fight. And our weapon as followers of Christ is the word of God, what's described as the sword of the spirit. In the moment, God gives us the help. So as we read the scriptures, we can build because we know God's perspective, even when it's hard. We can build even when our timing and God's seem different. And so when we're talking about building carefully and focusing on doing the right thing, it starts with our time with God, spending time with him in the scriptures and in prayer and making sure that he's giving us these tools that we need to build and at the same time, the weapons to fight against the lies that we feed ourselves or the lies that the culture feeds us as well. So on this theme of the battlefield, I wanna end with two key things. Here are two keys to the battle. So as you're building, here's something that you always have to come back to. And this is a theme really in every decade. But especially as we're building, and it's this, faithfulness. One of the most important keys to battling and building is faithfulness. Check out the scripture in Luke 12. It says, Everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. This is a very interesting perspective. And there's really three elements that you have to keep in good balance. And I want to briefly go over these that are found in the scripture. The first is is privilege. To whom much was given. Do you know when God gives you resources, whether it's money, whether it's material possessions, whether it's relationships, whether it's responsibilities, do you know that that is a privilege? God's given you something to take care of. And all of us have things that are given to us, again, from God, the giver of life. And he grants us so many blessings. Those blessings are a privilege to to whom much is given. And especially us in in America, we have so much. Recently, I had both of our cars in the shop at different times at the mechanics, just getting some things checked out. And there was times where we had uh, just one car. And there were times because of the rotation, like we didn't have a car. And it was like, what do we do in our life? Like we are so privileged, like we have two cars. When we're down to one car, it seems like, what do we do? What about all those that don't even have that? But it's hard to think sometimes with all the privilege, you just take it for granted. But to much who's given, this is the next part, much will be required. So as you have privilege, part of faithfulness is accountability. That is, I'm required to actually take care of it. So faithfulness is the reminder of like, God, thank you for what you've given me. So faithfulness should always join with thankfulness. Faithfulness and thankfulness. And then that thankfulness, thank you for the privilege of what you've given me, should always lead to this idea of the the accountability. God, I want to be faithful with this. I want to handle this responsibility well. Whether it's as a father or a mother, a husband or a wife, a sister, a brother, a parent, all the different roles that you find yourself in. The job that you've been given. Any responsibility there's accountability, like I want to handle this well. So there's always privilege that has to keep in balance. And that privilege is kept in balance by it, the accountability. And that leads to the third, responsibility. Notice the scripture says, they will demand the more. So that's what's so fascinating. God gives us responsibility, and that's a privilege. As we're faithful with it and we're accountable, what the scripture is saying is you're going to get more So as you're building in your life, as you're faithful, and you take care of what God's given you, you keep a strong grip on your responsibilities, the blessing is going to be more responsibilities. As you build well, you're going to have more to build. And as you build that well, God's going to give you more to build. God is a very skilled superintendent, and he gives more work to the builders that are faithful. And the builders who are faithful They may actually be more tired, but in their tiredness, they're gonna look around and see what they've been able to be a part of, the building of something that will last, the building of God's ways in his kingdom. And so faithful builders handle their responsibilities well, always thank God for them, and then know that God will give them more that they can be faithful in. And it just continues to build and build and build. Here's another quote from one of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, and he says this, if you do one good deed, your reward usually is to be set to do another and harder and better one. That was in the book, The Horse and His Boy. Isn't that how it works? Sometimes you build and you're like, you think you're at the finish line. Oh, I'm so glad I got my kids to this point. And then there's more things that you now have responsibility for. And there's more things that you now have responsibility. And you're just always given more opportunity to be faithful. And that's really how it is. I love his word, the harder and better one. And that's really what it's like to be a part of building with God. So that's first faithfulness. That's the first key. The second is humility. Uh, We talked about that last week. That's another theme that keeps coming up. So what God wants to do is in these decades, he gets our attention. Again, these are the things that we always have to, to focus on. In uh, our 30s, that humility is so important because again, we have to realize and remember that God is the one that gives us uh, strength. Uh, Jesus told a story of two men uh, about how to, to pray. And the first is this Pharisee who thanks God that he's not a sinner, that he's not like the others around him. And then he names common sins, wrong lifestyles. And then he points to this tax collector as an example. So. He's basically saying, You know, I, I have my life altogether. Look at what I built. I'm not like this person or these people. And in his pride, he, he elevated himself above everyone else. Then the tax collector, knowing who he was, the fact that he already acknowledged all the things that the Pharisees said about him, the tax collector were like the worst in society. They took money from their own people. He prayed and asked God to have mercy on him, a sinner. And this is what Jesus says, Luke 18, 14. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. As we're building, we just have to constantly come back to the point, like, God, I need your help. I cannot do this without you. And as we begin to see some success, it's really easy in your 30s, To think that you're building and the concrete is set. Like, I'm good. I'm done. And kind of get into this mode like you can begin to check out. But what Jesus is saying is, the one who puts himself above others or think he has his life together, his life will begin to fall apart. In fact, God will come against you. But if you just constantly come back to this fact that we need God, we need his help, we can't do it without him. We're dependent on him. We surrender to him. We we pray to him regularly. We we get in his word because we need his insight. We need his help. We need his promises. God will actually exalt us. He will raise us up. As we're building and as we're tired and we feel maybe sometimes like our backs are broken from all that we have. In our humility, God comes alongside and he lifts us up. In his strength, he gives us the power to keep going. So, we've talked about a lot in just these 30s, but I hope what stands out to you is just this idea of like, God, when we build without you, it is in vain, it's empty. We are so easily deceived, but when we build with you, we get strength, we get power, we can overcome our fears, our pride, our unfaithfulness. And when we build with you, we have something to show for our life. What? an opportunity we have. So we've talked about training. We've talked about building. I hope that you will join us next week as we talk about the importance of enduring and what does the 40s look like. Hope you can join us next week. Let's wrap up with some next steps. Here's the first one. Uh, Every morning this week, thank God for giving me life and the ability to work and build. So that's just one of those practical reminders of humility. God, I need you. And in the morning, just wait. Thank you, God, for giving me life this morning. What if you did that every day this next week? Just thank him for life and to give the strength to work and build. The second next step is this. Ask God to show me anything I'm overlooking as I build. This could be fear-driven, the pride, the unfaithfulness. This could be wanting to kind of check out, go to the greener grass of life because it seems like it's so hard in this situation. I want to go build uh, somewhere else. Just ask God to show you that. He is God. And as we ask him, he'll show us. May mean you need to ask for advice as well. And he shows us through other people too. Just ask God to show you what you should do in that. And then the, the last is this. Come back next week and invite somebody. And on the next step on your connection card, write that person's name on there. You just never know how God can use you in the lives of other people. So glad you joined us today. Uh, let's pray that God will help us build with him uh, this week and in the months ahead. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reminder of we do not have to build without you. We don't have to figure life out on our own. You come alongside us. You oversee us. You, you watch. You help you give us what we need god thank you for the life that you've given us it's so easy to take that for granted and god we, we want to build something that will last just show us things in our hearts that are some of the dangers right now like the pride or the unfaithfulness or chasing the the greener grass whatever it may be just show us god and also just give us eyes to see the people around us who we can encourage and invite uh, to ridgeview church so we praise your holy name And we thank you for your son, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen.